Hello, it's once again the Saturday Daily Fantasy Special Podcast. Happy New Year, everybody, because it is Saturday, as I mentioned, and it is January 1st. We made it 2022. Shout out to you. Shout out to me. Shout out to TJ Hernandez, who, of course, is with me from 4 for 4. TJ, how's it going, buddy? Good. Uh, welcome to week 17. Welcome to 2022 and this this new age of going deep or, or at least uh, halfway through January with our regular season. We still got another week. I got to tell you, buddy, I was not <laughs> like... I knew this was coming. Obviously, we've yeah. all known forever, but I was not prepared to like stop giving a damn about like not stop giving a damn about fantasy football once like a couple days after Christmas was here. You know, yeah, like, it's uh, wasn't ready. Once, uh, yeah, no, the, I I think we're definitely like mentally conditioned to finish like like New Year's Day is basically always kind of been the end of our year or around there. Definitely a little shock to the system to be still going strong. Alas, no one cares, though. It's also this is like uh, the fattest slate ever, too, because we know we have no Thursday night football. There's no Saturday games. Um, I guess I'll ask you right off the top. Does that change anything for you in terms of being like, you know, obviously, I assume there's going to be a few games that are extremely popular and stuff like that. But does it change things for you, like going down the fringes to any of these like less exciting games or are you still just kind of playing the hits here? kind of similar look at, at a slate we have to go all the way back to week three the last time we had 13 games on a slate before bye week started the two things that really stand out to me are one the the passing game roster rates are going to get really diluted right so in that week uh in week three we didn't have um any running uh, i'm sorry any quarterbacks on more than 15 percent of rosters and, and one of the big surprises was josh allen only ended up on about five percent of rosters and he was kind of like the, the winning quarterback that week the reason that happens is because similar to this week, we have six teams projected for between 27 and 29 and a half points, according to, to the Vegas lines. So we got all of these teams that are like projected kind of high, but nobody that is really separating from the field. And then just, just because of math, there's only so much roster rate to go around in each position, right? So we're going to have a ton of these quarterbacks in this like 5 to 11% range. So you're going to get some guys that are in really good spots that just aren't on that many rosters because there's so many games. And then the other thing that I, I think uh, we will see is... We have seen in in recent weeks, maybe in the past, I say four to six weeks, really stacking games very heavy has been quite profitable. Maybe having like four players from one game, especially on the past game. I think with so many games on the slate, you kind of have to gamble a little bit more because there's just so many players that can hit very well. Many, like just like a, a mini one player stack and, and then hoping you hit just because it's going to be harder to find that game environment that just blows the field away, right? There's even if a game hits, there's 13 other games and all those players that can have big games. So I, I think you have to be, um, you know, maybe a little less correlation in your lineup than you might be used to those those one offs really having the opportunity to hit. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that was my initial thought, too, was that roster rates, especially at quarterback, would would definitely be kind of uh, depressed. Although I think there's one definitely. guy who might change that this week uh, and we'll yeah. get into it right now. As a matter of fact, uh, let's start off with our quarterbacks here and let's jump off uh, with your first pick here. Patrick Holmes at 36. Yeah, Patrick Holmes is one of the guys that I think can be in that that vein that I talked about. The the guys that could end up and even though they're in good spots, could end up in like five percent of rosters just because we have the the Tom Brady's, the Dak Prescotts, the the Josh Allen's all kind of in that mix as well. But uh, Kansas City is in a really good spot against Cincinnati, favored by five points in a game with an over under uh, fluctuating between fifty and fifty one depending on where you look. And I kind of already uh, explained why I think the roster rates will will work out as we expect. 
In this game, especially, I think it's going to be interesting because it has shootout potential, but I think we will get a lot of casual players chasing that big Joe Burrow week from last week, which will leave uh, Mahomes, you know, a little less popular than we might expect. But uh, they are in that range of, of six teams projected for at least 27 points. Kansas City is throwing at the uh, highest rate neutral game script over the last six weeks. 68% of the time they're throwing in neutral situations, which is very high. And then on top of that, teams have been throwing at the third highest rate against Cincinnati in that span. And, and one thing I really like about this game is that Cincinnati has uh, really struggled against the deep ball of late, which I'll get to a little bit more later. But Chiefs should be back at full strength, should have Kelsey and um, Tyreek back. Uh, and, and I just like this setup here for uh, the Chiefs overall. Yeah, love uh, the Arsenal being fully restocked for Patrick Mahomes. And I think the like this could be the game that goes crazy from a points perspective. The only thing that has me kind of a little cautious there is obviously the Chiefs defense has been really good of late. That's one thing. And again, Bengals, like, please, the way you played last week, just play that way all the time. Okay. I, I like I like leaning into the idea of the Bengals having a, a, a big 180 coming off of that big game going against this defense. Ugh. I think you could. I, yeah, I know the Chiefs defense has just been on, on fire lately. So good. Yeah. No, yeah. they've been really good. And the Bengals had been, you know, like sub 15 in terms of neutral pass rate since their bye before last week. And then they were fourth last week. Like, again, play that way all the time. Obviously, the <laughs> yeah. future is bright with this team. You know, they're the first team in NFL history with a 4,000-yard passer, a 1,000-yard rusher, and 2,000-yard receivers that are all 25 or younger. That's great. Amazing. But the future can be now, Cincinnati. Yeah. The future can be now. But I have no faith <laughs> that it's going to remain that way, which <laughs> does, you know, kind of push pause, I think, on the expectations for this game. I think one one game that, you know, is there's going to be a lot of questions back and forth about, like, how this game is going to go is Dallas and Arizona. But I do really like Dak Prescott at 32 bucks. One thing that I'll say about Dallas right now is that, you know, this again, another sort of departure in what they had been from what we saw before to, to, to what we saw last week was with Dallas's offense, Dak Prescott's 11.5 average depth of target uh, was his the second highest all season, the highest since week nine. He had been under like 8.0 several times since he had come off his uh, the, the game missed with the calf injury. So I love the way they attacked vertically. I love the way they attacked vertically over the middle of the field. They were so horizontal the last few weeks. Uh, yeah. I really like Dak to just keep this thing going. And Arizona's defense has been good. Not as much lately, though. They've been very exploitable lately, obviously, mostly by you know explosive running backs and stuff like that. But uh, I still think they're kind of a hit or miss defense. Um, and, you know, especially with some of their guys banged up, don't feel so good about it. Yeah. And we talk about, again, not a lot of teams, no, no team projected for more than 30 points, not a lot of games projecting for um, a ton of combined points. This is actually the game I like attacking the most. Mm. Dak, as you mentioned, Dak has as much upside as any quarterback on the slate with the way he's been playing lately. And the Cardinals are actually a team that you can attack vertically as you mentioned and for, for whatever reason Dak is just one of those players and it might have to be it might have to do with the fact that Dallas just has a very fragmented target share and it's hard to figure out who to stack but Dak is a player that even in these spots it just seems like he always comes in way less popular than you would think if you just looked at something like a point projection even on this week where you're getting him nine dollars less than Josh Allen eight dollars less than um than Tom Brady I still think he falls through the cracks a, a little bit like he might get like you know eight nine percent of rosters but that's that's still relatively low um especially with, with a, a couple of guys we have coming up that might be really popular at least one of them but i i really think this game is stackable with a 
affordable salaries. And again, like I, I think if people play Dak, it's like, I guess I'll play CD, but people aren't necessarily going to really love the idea of throwing in Amari Gallup or Schultz just because targets are, are so up and down on this team. So I think that has to do a lot with it. If you lean into it and, and kind of plant a flag on, on a player that you like, I think there's a lot of value to be had on this, this team this week. 100%. And, you know, you look at kind of the range that he's at in the quarterback salary tier, you know, Matthew Stafford, 33, Joe Burrow, 32, Dak Prescott, 32. I think people will end up clicking on those other two guys, especially sure. Stafford versus the Ravens, yeah. yes, more so uh, than Dak Prescott. So it could be a little bit of nice leverage there. Um, all right, let's talk about Trey Lance at 20 bucks, who is your second quarterback pick. And he's the one guy who I think like, okay, if yeah. somebody's going to blow the roster rate away, it yeah. might be Trey Lance at 20 bucks. Yeah, just because he's in such a, a unique tier in terms of guys that do offer value and upside. And again, we're recording this on Thursday, but uh, Jimmy Garoppolo not practicing on Thursday. I, I think the report was like nowhere to be seen. Whatever. It's like the broken bone or the bone spur, whatever it is. I, I just don't think there's any way that, that he ends up playing. So as long as Jimmy G is out, I mean, even with like the, usually when we see these situations where there's uncertainty about quarterback, the games come off the board on the betting lines. They still have it up as Niners favored by 12 and a half with the implied point total of 28.25. So that kind of tells you like what you need to know that no matter who plays, they're pretty confident that the Niners should have their way against Houston. Right now, as it stands, we have Trey Lance at 4 for 4 as our top value. In the two games where he's played at least 50% of the snaps, he's averaged over 18 Yahoo points in his game that he started and played the full game, had 89 rushing yards. So obviously that uh, that Konami code is going to be very valuable. Like 80 rushing yards is two passing touchdowns worth of fantasy points. And then on top of that, Houston is one of the worst defenses in the league against the deep ball. We did see in, in those in, in limited time, we saw Trey Lance chuck it deep back when Debo was actually getting targets and not rushing rushes. Um, you know, Trey Lance will take some shots down the field. So Trey at 20, yeah, he's the one that, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, and I don't even think we've seen quarterbacks in really good spots on, on smaller slates where there's only like 10 games approach or exceed 20%. I still don't think Lance even gets that high. I think he'll be like, you know, 15, 16%. But again, there's just so many quarterbacks in good spots. I don't think he'll get to 20, but he'll definitely be the most popular quarterback on the slate if Jimmy G is out. Yeah, for sure. This is also like, obviously the offense that the 49ers ran in Trey Lance's lone start this year was, I mean, very run heavy, right? I think they <laughs> sure. were 9% under pass, like pass rate under uh, above expectation. They were minus 9% there. Uh, they were 24th in neutral pass rate that week, like 29 uh, pass attempts for Trey Lance, 28 team carries. Obviously some of those, I think that perfectly encapsulates like what, in, in that sort of environment, his scrambling plus designed rushing can do to a team overall. But I mean, obviously, you don't have to stack anybody with Trey Lance, but this is a very different passing attack now than it was then. You know, back in we're talking all the way back in damn week five, like George Kittle right. was on IR. Brandon Ayuk was in the doghouse. Neither of those things are true anymore. And obviously, Trey Lance, could he's been practicing better, man. You know, he's just like just like old Ayuk was. He's, he's been grinding in practice. So Shanahan's got to be a little happier with him. You know, maybe he's a little I mean, he's just straight up like he wasn't ready to play back then. He might actually yeah. be ready to play now. Yeah, and I mean, that's especially important for a rookie, right? I mean, obviously, he's not getting game reps, which... 
you know, it, it's you, you have to, I guess, yeah, especially with a quarterback compared to a wide receiver, you have to take the the practice um, narrative with uh, a bit of a grain of salt. But I mean, it is important. He's, he's 12 weeks later into his rookie season. It's it's didn't play hardly a, at all last year. Right. He played one exactly. game of college football yes. last year. So there's there's probably a, a pretty good likelihood that against this defense with the Niners offense at full health that he, you know, he, Maybe he doesn't go out there and rip it for 300 yards, but can have a, a very Jalen Hurts-esque uh, 100 rushing yards, 190 passing yards, and a few touchdowns, 27 fantasy points. There you go. Absolutely, and could maybe even get a few of these other guys there with him. That would, I think, be the key, yeah. of course. <laughs> if you wanted to pay 20 bucks for a quarterback <laughs> and you didn't want to play Trey Lance, I think Jared Goff is kind of interesting at 20 bucks because I think this game is interesting, TJ, uh, from mm-hmm. a fantasy perspective. Uh, the total has actually been bet down since it's opened, so whoops, tough scene there. But, you know, we might get DeAndre Swift back for the lines in this game. Sounds like we will. Obviously, he factors in as a pass catcher. Goff is on the injury report, so obviously monitor that. But I feel like, again, with such a large field of games here to pick from, like the one that I think that people might overlook but could be an extremely interesting fantasy game is Detroit-Seattle, um, especially because we know where the ball's going for these two teams. I mean, for yes. the Lions, we know it's going to Amon Ross St. Brown and DeAndre Swift if he plays. And then for Seattle, if DK Metcalf plays, we know it's going there. He's uh, been limited in practice or we're not practicing at all at times this week. And then obviously we know Tyler Lockett is, is a great value there as well. So yeah, I mean, I think this game is just kind of interesting for fantasy. It's probably getting too cute to play Jared Goff at 20, but I wanted to mention it. I think that the important thing is what you mentioned, that we know where the ball's going. He has a Monroe State Brown that just boosts his outlook that we know. He has he has a guy that he could really rely on, and I think Swift would be a big boon to this offense. I don't think this game's going to shoot out by any means, but you can definitely make the argument that um, Seattle has been playing in such a way that they could be in a situation where they push the opposing offense. Like They haven't been connecting on them. They had that game where, where Tyler Lockett had a huge game, but they have been pushing the ball when they've thrown since Russell Wilson came back, he leads the league in deep rate, and he has guys that, if if DK is active, uh, that they can really connect really quick. So there is a situation where if Seattle can start connecting on those big Russell Wilson plays that we've seen in the past, that all of a sudden it does turn into a game with a few extra possessions, and that would obviously be a good thing for fantasy for both sides. Yeah, I just for some reason really like this game a lot for fantasy, but I'm sure that will lead to absolutely nothing. Uh, Let's talk (laughs) the running back position. There's a lot of interesting, interesting ways to go on this slate. First of all, by the way, just you look at like consensus rankings this week. I mean, there are some weird names inside the top 20. I mean, we're like Sony Michelle, Ronald Jones, damn Daryl Williams, Elijah Penny. Like, I mean... Uh, not Elijah Penny, Rashad Penny. Jeez. Rashad it did, okay, it didn't get that weird. Sorry, it didn't get that weird that Elijah. Why did I say Elijah sure, that Penny? Might, that might be their best bet at this point. The Giants. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, you might be right. Um, <laughs> you can't tell the difference between the two other guys, according to the announcers. So, yeah, I mean, like you just look at the top, like uh, the top 20 of running backs this week. Hey, yeah. but, but at this point, wouldn't rule out Elijah Penny. He's going to be a top 20 running back next week just with the <laughs> right. way injuries and stuff is gone. So, uh, no, but seriously, it's a weird week uh, at running back because it's just a weird end of the season at running back. So let's uh, break this thing down, starting with your pick here, a guy that people actually drafted to be good this year. David Montgomery, I think he will be the most popular back on the slate. Uh, wow. Four for four, he's actually only projecting for two points less than Jonathan Taylor at a $17 discount count, which is uh, massive for Yahoo. But uh, David Montgomery, his workload has been 
as huge as any running back in recent weeks. He's one of three running backs with at least 85% of his backfield touches over the last month. He's seen at least 23 touches in three of the last four games. And, and what's really spiked his value in recent weeks has been Justin Fields not playing. Uh, over the last month, David Montgomery is the only running back with a target share above 20%, 7.8 targets per game in that span. And I mean, that intuitively, that just makes a lot of sense, right? Justin Fields, this doesn't always work out this way. I think it is, it's sometimes a bad narrative that a mobile quarterback isn't always going to check it down to his passers. But in some cases, it's very true. And, and on top of it, Justin Fields is a player that throws deep a ton. So when you combine those two things, it makes sense that he doesn't get a lot of targets to David Montgomery. But whether it's, it's Nick Foles or Andy Dalton, David Montgomery has seen a fair amount of targets the last few weeks and should be in a very good game script. Even if uh, I don't think there's any way Justin Fields comes back, it doesn't sound like it, but David Montgomery should be in a very good game script either way. Six point favorites at home against a Giants team that, you know, we cut, we, yeah, every, every which way you, you slice it, they stink. They can't hold on to the ball. They can't, uh, they keep turning it over there. I mean, their, their offense is almost their defense's worst enemy at this point because they're just giving so teams true. the ball. It just, just always in, in good field position if you're facing the Giants. Bears are six-point favorites. What could go wrong? Yeah, crazy. <laughs> uh, I know. What I could know. go wrong? What could go wrong there? Uh, no, but I think the point about the narrative with rushing quarterbacks and checkdowns, like that is one that's very pervasive in the fantasy community. And and for the most part, it, it does hold up. But I think especially when you go from Justin Fields, like you mentioned, mobile quarterback who also shoots it deep to like the other end of the spectrum to Andy Dalton and freaking Nick yeah, Foles, like a couple definitely. of couple of pocket statues that love to check that thing down. Like, yeah, it's I think the gap there in this situation makes it especially true. Definitely. Yeah. Oh God, the Bears. What a nightmare. All right. Let's talk Sony Michelle at 26 bucks. I think Sony Michelle, again, in sort of sandwich between several guys who will um, you know, be extremely popular. You mentioned David Montgomery. There's a few other candidates. Uh, Ronald Jones we'll talk about later. And I think that people will be so on the Rams passing game for good reason, right? We actually don't have, I think, any Rams passing game member on, on our outline today. But like, I mean, hey, they're in a freaking phenomenal spot against the Ravens who just get wrecked uh, in the passing game because they're so depleted at cornerback. You know, people will want to play Stafford. Obviously, they'll want to play Cup. They'll want to play, you know, Odell. They'll want to play uh, Van Jefferson, all these guys. And, and that totally makes sense. But so, Sony Michelle, like I couldn't believe TJ how many like start or sit questions I got about Sony Michelle last because like I, I, play Sony, dude. Like I think yeah. he had clearly established himself before last week as the one A of the committee, and actually I wasn't even doing it enough justice because you know Sony Michelle comes out in the first drive, all five of the running back touches, punches in the goal line score, and obviously then Daryl Henderson gets hurt later in the game. Yeah, but he barely was seeing any action before he got hurt. Anyways, you know I know Cam Akers is active. I, I don't really know what to make about the Cam Akers thing, man. I mean I, I would say that I bet he does not make a huge impact. I'm willing to be wrong betting a, like betting on the side of you know every medical science we have with running back Achilles injuries. Uh, so yeah, I think Sony Michelle could be a rather unpopular play. It's still a really nice salary um, for, you know, the top workhorse bell cow back for uh, a team that is, you know, probably going to score a lot of points in the Rams. 
Yeah, I think Sony Michelle is probably my favorite tournament play uh, across the board all week. Uh, even at Cooper Cup's $40 salary, I think he probably ends up being the most popular player on the slate because of the things that you said about, about the Ravens' defense. But Michelle's workload, 20-plus touches in four straight games, the only back besides Najee Harris with at least 90% backfield share over the over the last four weeks. And what we typically see in DFS is when we have uh, a few good values clumped together in salary that they kind of either they either cannibalize each other's roster rates or one or two of those, those guys get a ton of the roster rate and one kind of falls by the wayside. This week, David Montgomery, Ronald Jones, and Sonny Michelle bunched up together in a similar salary range. Like you said, I think a lot of those rosters go with Montgomery and Jones. And because so many people are targeting the Rams passing game, teams typically don't, or DFS players typically don't like to play a running back with the pass game. Not saying it's bad. It's probably a really good play this week. We won't see a ton of Michelle. So I don't think Michelle will be like a 5% play. I think he still ends up on with a double digit roster rate, but I think, you know, if he ends up on 15% of lineups, I still think that is half as many as Rojo or Dave Montgomery. Yeah, 100% agree. All right, you got to sell me on this next one. Josh Jacobs at 18 bucks, bro. I was surprised to see this when I opened the outline. Yeah, it's he's his salary is just low. That's really it. I, I think there is... Um, He's probably my scariest value of the week, but he's so underpriced on Yahoo. The, obviously, the issue is the the Raiders have been playing like garbage, not putting up a lot of points, and they are big road underdogs. Um, on the flip side, Josh Jacobs, ever since the Kenyon Drake injury, has basically been the workhorse for the Raiders. Fifth in backfield touch share over the last month, at least 22 targets in two of his last four games, averaging 20.5 touches over the last month with five and a half targets per game in that span. I, I would say the argument for Jacobs turning those touches into a big game is that out of all of the games with a spread of at least six points, I think this is the one that could have a surprise game script, at least the Raiders keeping it closer than we expect. One, because we don't know if if, Car- if Car- Carson Wentz is going to play. If it's Ellinger, that could really throw a really big wrench in things. And the Colts' offensive line is decimated. So one of the reasons we're not talking about uh, Jonathan Taylor is because of those two issues. Bad offensive line could be a backup quarterback. The the offense just could end up being in shambles this week. So if that's the case and the Raiders' defense is able to have a good game, then at the very least they can get keep Josh Jacobs involved. Anytime you have a running back, no matter like what you think of the team, anytime you have a running back that could easily get 20 plus touches at a sub $20 salary. I think you really have to have that player in consideration. I mean, the downside is massive. And I, I think the reason yeah. you're surprised to see him is because of that downside. But I mean, the workload is is definitely there. And, and Indy, uh, it, it could be, it could just be an ugly game, really. Good thing for the Colts, they're getting all their uh, COVID issues out of the way now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, they, if they still make the playoffs, good yeah. for them that like, especially because they've got so many like big name players that are, you know, vulnerable to missing time. Uh, They've got they've uh, they're getting it all out of the way now. Good for them. Uh, All right. Let's move on to Ronald Jones. Twenty four bucks, 20 carries last week, got three targets, caught two of them, and he gets the Jets this week. What more needs to be said other than he's Ronald Jones and like whatever can happen to Ronald Jones will happen to Ronald Jones. Like it it can go. Yeah. But like even uh, even playing him last week, which I did play him last week. And then, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn runs this like 50 plus yard touchdown. You're like, oh, for God's sakes, this is really going to happen to Ronald. But he still found the end zone. He still got there. Where are we at with Ronald Jones? I mean, it's hard to get away from him in this game. 
Yeah, especially against the Jets, 13-point favorites. Even with, with Vaughn stealing that touchdown, 22 touches. You're, he's not going to get a, a, a ton in the passing game, but on Yahoo, especially in tournaments, you're really just looking for those touchdowns. If, if touchdown variance goes his way, he's a great play. Just great matchup. Team should be crushing it, obviously. Other than the fact he's Ronald Jones, you got to feel really good about it. All right, let's move on to wide receivers, starting with Patrick Holmes' number one target, Tyree Kill, who is surprisingly, uh, I guess, only 29 bucks. Yeah, I, I kind of laid out why I like the Chiefs pass game when I, I mentioned Patrick Mahomes. I wanted to specifically mention Tyreek Hill because Travis Kelsey is going to be coming back most likely. Uh, Tyreek Hill is coming off that huge dud game that he had without Travis Kelsey. But as I mentioned when talking about Mahomes, Cincinnati is a team that has struggled against the deep ball. Eighth highest QBR allowed on passes of 20 plus air yards. 25th in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to opposing wide receivers. Under $30 for just the second time all season, $9 below his peak salary of $38 on the year on Yahoo. So you're getting um, you're getting a discount on Tyreek. A lot of, uh, if, if people are paying up for wide receiver, it's obviously going to be Cooper Cup. And I, I think we also have Stefan Diggs in a similar range. Also have AJ Brown, who I think will be really popular in a similar range. Antonio Brown, assuming Mike Evans doesn't play, will be very popular. So you're kind of getting a, a little bit of leverage off guys. It could be like 25 to 30 percent while I think uh, Tyreek comes in close to 15 percent of rosters. Yeah, no, I think that makes a ton of sense. And I will be the sheep who talks about A.J. Brown here at 31 bucks. <laughs> no, I mean, A.J. is a great play. Dude, A.J. Brown, what a what a freaking stud that guy is. I mean, 77 percent of the air yards last week leads leads the league in weighted opportunity. And I know that, you know, momentum, the word momentum will get you kicked off of uh, smart guy football Twitter. But <laughs> Titans, I think his offensive coordinator, Todd Downing, mentioned today, like AJ's like a guy, he's a guy, call it, compared him to a volume shooter in the NBA, like a guy that you just want to keep giving chances. And then when like he gets hot, it can really work out. I actually think that was a great point coming off of last week's game where like in the first quarter, you know, TJ, I've told so many people in my discord and like on Twitter, like, oh yeah, you got to play AJ. I played AJ Brown in one of my championship matchups. Like I was just like, you know what? I'm going down with this guy because I freaking love the player. And I think he's a monster. You know, after the first quarter, I'm like, oh God, everybody. He's going to be so mad at me. He's got no catches. It's just tough scene. And then like once he got hot, man, he just rolled up. Uh, and it's just the difference between Ryan Tannehill throwing to these like literal goofballs, you know, fringe roster players and the ghost of Julio Jones. It's just so different than when AJ Brown's out there. I mean, even if it's not as beautiful as a matchup as it was last week, Dolphins obviously have a good secondary good defense but the Dolphins have been feasting on like backup quarterbacks for quite some time now you know I think that this can yeah, still be true. an a, explosive spot for AJ Brown yeah and even if I mean the the difference that like when you're playing a good defense like Miami it's the, the way fantasy scoring works even if Ryan Tannehill doesn't have a great game AJ Brown getting such a high percentage I, he's not going to get 54 percent of well, he might but most he, likely dude, he he's might. not going to get <laughs> he <laughs> most, <laughs> most likely he's not going to see a 54 percent target share but even if Miami is really able to put a lot of pressure on Tannehill which I think they will and Tannehill doesn't have a great game AJ Brown is just such a big part of their offense that he doesn't necessarily he doesn't need Tannehill to go for 303 to have a big game. If Tannehill goes for 201, 120 and that touchdown probably goes to AJ. So, I mean, AJ is just the what we saw last week and again, like actually surprised like Yahoo usually doesn't react that hard to one game in terms of salary, but uh $31 isn't super cheap, but he's he's a great great play this week. 
Yeah, I mean, last week, again, perfect example is exactly what you just talked about. Uh, A.J. Brown was the wide receiver three in Yahoo scoring. Uh, Ryan Tannehill was the QB 17. So, uh, yeah, that, again, perfect, perfect example there. We mentioned Amon Ross St. Brown earlier. You have him slotted here for your second receiver pick. You know, obviously, I think a lot of folks are concerned about DeAndre Swift coming back and the potential volume yeah. that might take from him. Yeah, but I mean, listen, if even if DeAndre Swift comes back, like if he sees eight targets, you know, there's yeah. still probably there's still probably 25 targets up for grab. I'm on St. Brown, 35% target share, his fourth over the last month. He's one of three players with at least 10 targets in each of the last four weeks. Uh, I mean, 29 targets from the slot are fifth most in that span. Seattle is a team that uh, you've been, they're, they're known as, as a team that you can run against, but lately you've really been able to pass against them as well. And and we mentioned earlier, I, I, I don't think this game goes crazy, but I, I think there can be uh, I think there could be a little more meat on the bone than people expect in this one. I mean, these are the, I think the 25th and 29th ranked defenses in weighted DVOA here in Seattle and Detroit. So like if, if it's going to get pushed over, I think actually the defenses will be the one doing the pushing the most so than the offenses. And Detroit, they're, they're kind of, I mean, this is narrative stuff, but they're kind of feeling themselves lately, you know, oh, they're, yeah. they're feeling, Dude, they're feeling good they're and, the boys. and they're like, it's just such a, uh, their, their couple wins are, you know, they're rallying to, to win down the stretch where Seattle, their couple wins are like, let's just get the season over with where we thought we were a playoff aspiration team. It's just very different um, vibes here. So another game where the, the point spread could be a, a little uh, misleading. Russ saw Ben Roethlisberger's uh, press conference today about oh, this is signs are looking like this is my last uh, yeah. game in, in Pittsburgh. I don't know why that's not Ben's voice. But uh, and then Russ, like unprompted, said in his press conference here today on Thursday, like this could be my I hope it's not my last game. See, I was like, no one asked you, but I mean, yeah. I guess it's on your mind, buddy. But uh, anyways, yeah. So he wanted a little bit of that action, too. Uh, I think I'm on Ross St. Brown, though. You know, the DeAndre Swift thing, I think we get sometimes a little too. And maybe I look like an idiot for saying this because he catches like five passes for 50 yards. But, you know, I think sometimes we get a little too like split heavy like with these guys off and on especially with a rookie too and i think you can you know obviously he's had like you said 12 and 11 targets in all four of his games uh last four games with deandre swift not there but the role promotion was before that you know coming out of their bye that's when they made him like a two wide receiver set guy you know who moves into the slot in 11 personnel i mean he is literally playing like a cooper cup light type of guy, which is what I was hoping he would be for this team. And that's finally come to fruition here the second half of the season. And I think like there's really no reason for Detroit to just suddenly be like, all right, well, DeAndre Swift's back, like kick rocks on Ross St. Brown. Like he might not get 12 targets, but he could get eight to nine and that'll be fine. Yeah. And and the, the thing about the splits, it's like if you have a couple of veteran players and, and you've seen it on and off a couple of times, that makes sense. But this is this is a rookie. This is new information right yep, now. They exactly. know that that he's a player that can handle this workload. So so it, it, it doesn't make sense to think that they go back to what was happening before just because DeAndre Swiss back. It makes a lot more sense that they are devising a game plan where Amon Ra and DeAndre Swift are the the two focal points of the offense, whereas before Amon Ra was, you know, that that ancillary player. He's been really damn good lately. He's been so good. And again, like yeah. I said, 
Cooper Cup light is the comparison that I made back in April, like before Cooper Cup went absolutely, you know, nuclear or whatever. Uh, but good, good cans and contested situations, good hands overall, great beating zone coverage, great after the catch, that type of guy. It's also worth noting for DeAndre Swift, like his receiving role hadn't been as robust uh, towards like the last few games before he got hurt. You know, when he was getting like 11, 10 targets, it was at five, six, four, and then obviously three in the last game that he played. So probably best to not be funneling your offense through a running back anyways. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's enough of that. I just uh, he's a guy that a lot of people are talking about. So I'm glad we went a little deep uh, on him Absolutely. there. Let's talk Brandon Cooks here at 18 bucks. Uh, Brandon Cooks is uh, averaging 10 and a half targets in his two games with Davis Mills since he was returned to the starting lineup. Cooks, I think, is just too cheap in a good spot against a 49ers secondary that obviously Brandon Cooks is not A.J. Brown. They're not even remotely close to the same type of player, like from a build standpoint. But, you know, A.J. Brown dog walked some of those guys last week in the <laughs> yeah, San Francisco yeah. secondary. I've been waiting for somebody to do that to those San Francisco cornerbacks for a while. Cooks could get loose here for a couple big plays. Uh, I think this game is also rather fun for fantasy. Davis Mills is like good. Not good. I don't know if he's good, but he's not a nightmare. He, he hasn't been a nightmare lately. And Brandon Cooks is actually four for four's top wide receiver value on the week at $18. We, we saw their passing game get loose without Cooks last week. And this is actually San Francisco. When we adjust for strength of schedule, they're 22nd against wide receivers. And if we're going to look at just tournament theory here, if we're going to be playing Trey Lance a ton and people, it doesn't matter who people are going to be stacking him with for him to have a great game, you probably just need a good game environment all around. So it makes a ton of sense. If you're going to be playing, you can even make the argument that you play Trey Lance without stacking him and bring back Brandon Cooks on the other side. That that actually makes sense. So if you're going to be targeting the 49ers, it makes a ton of sense to have Brandon Cooks in your player pool and to be including him in those stacks a lot. 100%. Yeah, I uh, really like Brandon Cooks this week. All right, let's talk tight ends here, starting off with Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, this one is um, the... Luster of the play can be, we might lose a little bit of leverage here if it ends up Mike Evans isn't playing. If Mike Evans, if Mike Evans is playing, if Mike Evans isn't playing, Antonio Brown is probably one of the most popular players on the slate. We already talked about Ronald Jones being one of the most popular running backs on the slate. If that happens, if Mike Evans doesn't play, you have a huge leverage opportunity with Rob Gronkowski as a teammate of two of the most popular players on the slate. But even if Mike Evans does play, Rob Gronkowski probably still He's a moderate roster rate. I would expect it to be slightly below 10%. So you're getting him coming off of a very bad game where Mike Evans and Chris Godwin didn't play. So people are, if people are playing Tom Brady, it's probably going to be definitely Antonio Brown, probably with Evans if he comes back. We know Gronk could get there really fast. A couple touchdowns, you know, we've seen him get eight first half targets before. So this is a play that's really based on the high popularity of his teammates. Tampa Bay, huge favorites with a huge implied point total. Um, I really like throwing Gronk in there, whether it's a stack with Brady or just as a one-off tight end play. I think you're going to, you get a really big roster rate discount on Gronk this week. Yeah, I love that from um, just a roster rate perspective. Uh, Travis Kelsey should be pretty popular, but I think he'll be yeah. worth it. Yeah, you already talked yeah. about why you like the Chiefs yes, in I this, love this game, game so much. You love this game. Uh, Travis Kelsey coming off the COVID list, 31 bucks. Uh, the Bengals have allowed the third most yards to tight ends this year. I don't know how much that matters, you know, 
in this particular matchup. Travis Kelsey can get his either way, but still uh, do like Travis Kelsey if you're paying up for tight end. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've pretty much said what, what I need to say about the Chiefs, but uh, again, I, I really like leaning into the idea of, of Chiefs, um, you know, possibly winning this one by double digits. Wow, that will be uh, yeah. quite a turnaround from Bengals week last week to uh, Bengals get crushed week. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, you mentioned earlier that you like you know, the Dallas-Arizona uh, game. I yeah. was wondering who you might like as on the Arizona side. It seems like one of your picks here is Zach Ertz. Yeah, I, I like a couple of players on, on the Arizona side. I like Christian Kirk too, but Zach Ertz really stands out as a value play at tight end. 8.3 targets per game over the last month. And then it, we, it's, we've really seen it ramp up in the last two weeks with DeAndre Hopkins out 11 plus targets for Zach Ertz in both of those games, equating to a 28% target share in terms of expected fantasy points based on the 4 for 4 uh, receiver breakout model, third in expected fantasy points among all tight ends over the last three games. So yeah, this this is a game that um, I, I like stacking with uh, Dak. I, I like mini stacks if you just want a couple of pass catchers from the game without a quarterback. Um, I, I'm just really uh, intrigued targeting this game this week. Yeah, we both like this game. And I'm going to stay in this game here with yeah. Dalton Schultz. Why, TJ, why is Dalton Schultz $14? I don't know. All he's done is scored in the last couple of weeks with, what, eight plus targets in both of them, I think. Yeah, uh, eight and nine targets last two weeks, eight catches in both games, 67, 82 yards, touchdowns in both games. I mean, and it, obviously that's like the high watermark back to back. Well, not, not necessarily. He had week three, week four, he two, three touchdowns in that span. But yeah. I mean, yeah. Dalton Schultz has been... a. I mean, he's been a very reliable tight end for you in your season long leagues. Like if you picked him up off the waiver wire, you've been feeling really good. I just think 14 bucks is is way, way too cheap for him. Uh, he's a full time player in an offense like I talked off the top. I think has it has kind of found its groove again post calf injury for Dak Prescott in a game that could be relatively high scoring. Dalton Schultz has juice in the red zone. Yeah, besides besides Zach Ertz, who, are, who I already mentioned, four for four has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight tight ends projected for at least nine fantasy points. Most of those guys are twenty two dollars or higher, so you're getting Schultz in that kind of almost elite projection tier, but the, we're just not going to see anybody using sub $15 tight ends this week. I think people are the lowest people are going to go is Ertz at 17. So you have an opportunity to get a, a, a really big discount on the tight end that is in, we've seen him get, have a, multi-touchdown game it's it's hard to project that but the way dallas is rolling how we expect them to be throwing the ball any pass catcher is liable to get multiple touchdowns um in in a given week right now for the cowboys offense even just the catch totals that he's had the last two weeks at 14 bucks is very appealing without the touchdowns so i mean yeah i'm I'm feeling good honestly i looked at the time i was like where's dalton schultz i was prepared to be excited (laughs) about dalton schultz and i was like where the other way down here what are we doing all right so yeah yeah, i like Dalton Schultz this week yeah great play uh let's talk defenses starting with the dolphins who we <laughs> talked about AJ Brown earlier, but as we mentioned, Ryan Tannehill can still uh, have his lunch eaten in this game. Yeah, he can. Uh, the, the Dolphins can can do their thing, and and AJ Brown can get his. We've actually, it's been crazy. Like I'll I'll never be this. I'll never have this lineup. But we have actually seen like a player against the defense in a winning baller lineup and it's it's hard to justify, but just because of the the way we explain how the points work, it definitely can happen. But. I digress. Dolphins at $16. They are actually underdogs. Tennessee is favored in this one, but they the, the Dolphins do lead the league in pressure rate over the second half of the season. Tennessee is bottom two in adjusted sack rate allowed according to football outsiders. So anytime you have a defense that is 
is able to get pressure the way the Dolphins have, um, I, I really am into targeting them. And they're, they're just not going to be a popular play. We have so many defenses that are favored by, um, shoot, we have four defenses that are favored by double digits we have another four or five that are favored by at least six so nobody's going to play uh, a defense that's a a slight underdog but if you can get them very unpopular with that much uh, pressure on the quarterback good things can happen good things can definitely happen dude bears 12 bucks like i mentioned Uh, gotta do it gotta do it uh honestly bro like do we need to say anything more than just like they're playing friggin' mike glenn and jay joe judge looked at what matt rule was doing from a two qb perspective he's like you know what I want that, but worse. So he's yeah. gonna, he said that both these guys, like both these chuckleheads could play at some point uh, <laughs> in this game. So terrific. Obviously, the Bears defense is not good. Uh, it's not been what we use, what we're used to it being. But they still have Robert Quinn, who somehow has, is having the quietest like 17 sack season of all time. Five in his last three games alone. This guy is like. He's a beast. So, yeah, I mean, 12 bucks. uh, They could absolutely wreck the Giants at home as six point favorites. Yeah, they're there. They still get pressure at one of the highest rates in the league. Um, They haven't forced a ton of turnovers, but Giants have turned the ball over the third most um, over the last month. That has a lot to do with that quarterback carousel. So anytime you could get a defense favorite at home against this offense all the way down to 12 bucks. They're going to be popular, but I mean, we got David Montgomery, a uh, David Montgomery bears defense stack is very intriguing. hundred uh, percent. All right, let's talk flex plays. Love that. You've got Michael Gallup here. Yeah. I mean, we we've talked about this game quite a bit. You laid out why you love Dak over the last month. CD players, the only team, oh, only player on, on the, their team with at least 20% of targets. I mentioned that it's just, I think people have a very hard time trying to figure out who they want to stack with Dak, which is why we see his roster rate a lot lower than we expect. Cardinals, second most fantasy points per pass attempt allowed over the uh, the last six weeks in that same span. Second highest QBR allowed on passes of 20 plus air yards. That fits in to the way the Cowboys have been using Gallup. 12.9 yard average depth of target is the highest on the team over the second half of the season. He leads the team in expected fantasy points per the 4 for 4 breakout model, performing about 40% below expectation in that span. So we do have a, a positive regression note on Michael Gallup this week. So I mentioned I I, I like his uh, his deep ball ability. I like that the Cardinals are a team that you uh, can attack vertically. As you mentioned, Dak's been doing that quite a bit lately. And you're getting him all the way down at $17. So people, I, I think, I do think a fair amount of people will play CD after that. I'm, I'm not sure how the rostered rates shake out, but uh, a player in this spot at that salary with Dak already being uh, fairly affordable, you can get a, a very, very good stack for under 40 combined dollars, which I love. Really wish that regression, uh, which I believe is going to hit, had hit last week for my best dynasty team that was eliminated. Uh, Shout out to Mike Williams on the COVID list for that one. But again, I think it could hit this week. Yeah, Michael Gallup, great play at 17 bucks. Uh, I also like Tyler Lockett, talked about this game a ton already, but Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf did not practice today, I believe. I like Lockett regardless of DK Metcalf, but obviously we get Lockett with no Metcalf. That would be extremely uh, juicy. Lockett, though, prior to his COVID stint, the four games prior to that, uh, 27 targets, 421 yards. He was still making it happen with Russ. Um, I like his explosive potential against this Lions defense for sure. Yeah, I mean, we... Really, actually, I, I I barely looked at the outline before we hopped on. I did not anticipate talking this much about Seattle and Detroit this week. Yeah, well, welcome <laughs> to the sickness, brother. Welcome to the sickness. Uh, all right, let's talk fades here to finish it out, starting off with Devin Singletary for you. I, Devin Singletary is 
down at $18. The Bills are huge favorites. And I think he's going to be one of the three or four most popular running backs on the slate. I mean, I how many times do we have to chase like a Bills running back? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 know, like, just, I know, I know, I know. Can we just stop? Like Josh Allen is going to be all of the offense. I get Devin Singletary scored last week um, and, and had a really good game with Carolina a couple of weeks ago. But I mean, how many... 17 touches for 60 total yards do you need from Devin Singletary? And I, I think that's the way it plays out. Josh yeah. Allen's just going to do his thing. And Devin Singletary, like, he is, if you're, sure, if you're getting David Montgomery, Jonathan Taylor, those type of guys at 25%, sure. You've seen them perform and, and be the the entire offense and be able to to take on that kind of roster rate you need to be able to just like blow the doors off of the week and Devin Singletary just doesn't have that in his range of outcome I'm not playing a a 25% Devin Singletary to get his 80 total yards and a touchdown like I'll if he gets there have at it there's a lot of guys that can match that total at a much lower roster rate like I I just don't I don't understand how people can justify these bills backs I mean, I think it's the two 16-point outings the last two weeks, the target totals from uh, last week and then two weeks prior to that, uh, six and seven in those two games that I mentioned. I think that's what probably has people like, oh, this is maybe Devin Singletary's moment, but... I'm trying to beat 50,000 other lineups in the baller. Take your Have your 15 points. Have at it. Have fun. Uh, that's yeah. That's literally <laughs> the ceiling, though. He's like 15, yeah, 16 exactly. points. That's it. That's it. He's hit it the last two weeks. I don't know if he's going to hit it again. Uh, we shall see. Um, speaking of running back fades, this entire group of like guys that are yep. uh, 28 salary uh, or higher, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, that doesn't really count, Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, by the way, Alvin Kamara just brutalizing uh, mm. fantasy playoff teams here. Not, mm. not, not his fault. He's playing with like literally a practice squad team last week. Uh, you know, that's, that's tough. Uh, and then Deandre Swift, I don't really find any reason to play any of those guys. When you go down to just that $26 range that we were talking about with guys like Sony, Michelle, David Montgomery, Ronald Jones is there. Even like Eli Mitchell, if he is playing against the Texans would be a really good play at 26 bucks. Like Rashad Penny at 22 yet again, drink another mention of the damn lion Seahawks game. Uh, <laughs> Daryl Williams at 21, you know, it's just like, I don't find any real reason to, to, to pay up for those guys. Did you, did you just, did you not want to say Jonathan Taylor? So you grouped it in with the group. Is that, is that what happened? You wanted to say Faye Jonathan Taylor. That's what you really. Oh, well, you know, say, my, right? my, my, my screen was scrolled <laughs> past it. The, I, the I IR, do, Derek I, Henry just really, you know, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, he's going to have to I play think, with the uh, freaking, no. maybe, maybe Sam, I mean, maybe not with the rule changes. Probably not. I, I think, I think a fair amount of players are going to talk themselves into Jonathan Taylor. And I get it, you know, 29 touches per game over the last month. Playing the Raiders? Just playing the Raiders, but man, that, that offensive line, especially if Carson went like a bad quarterback, an inexperienced quarterback can sink an offense horribly. You just talked about it with Alvin Kamara. Like, look at what the Saints were, you know, last week with, with a very inexperienced quarterback. And I, I think that's very much in the range of outcome for the Colts. Obviously, Taylor can break one off. Obviously, he can get there on one play. I already mentioned why I, I don't like the Bengals. So as far as Joe Mixon goes, I, I don't think that's a great play. So yeah, I think uh, expensive running back is, is um, off the board is a pretty good call. All right. Well, there we go. TJ, if people found this podcast via the Yahoo Fantasy Football forecast feed, tell them all about DFS MVP. 
DFS MVP will be going through championship week of the playoffs. Still plenty of slates to go. Uh, if you're listening to this on Saturday, you can catch tomorrow, Sunday morning, our GPP last look show on the subscriber only discord on 444. Still doing a couple cash game reviews on Mondays on our DFS MVP YouTube channel and every Friday through the end of the playoffs, our comprehensive overview of the slates every Friday on our YouTube channel and on our podcast feed. Love it. All right. Well, if you found this via the DFS MVP feed, please make sure you check out the Yahoo Fantasy Football forecast. We'll be dropping down our number of shows uh, once week 17 comes to an end, but we won't be dropping down the quality of shows. So make sure you do subscribe over there. In the meantime, make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. That's at TJ Hernandez. Check out the whole crew at Yahoo Fantasy. We'll see you all. Good luck in week uh, week 17 here.